it didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. Suddenly, they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop. And he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up thing. Their 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 face is like twitching. to Bigfoot Society, a podcast where we focus on cryptids, the strange, and the unexplained of this world. If you've got a story or something weird to share, send an email over to me at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And now, on with the show. All right, go ahead, Arthur. Okay, well, well, thank you. Okay, it was 1991. It had to be about the month, the ninth month. Um, I had my newborn baby, and my father wanted to see him. So we drove down, and being a parent, you know, it's all stressful. So he said, why don't you guys go fishing? So it was me, Jim, and my uncle, Dexter. So we were headed out uh, east, headed to the Yuma Proving Grounds, and there's a canal there, a really big canal. So uh, Jim had already went fishing there a couple times and caught some good catfish. So we get there about dark, you know, we'd go fishing, you know, tell stories, you know, and yes, we were drinking, but it wasn't the way you think fall down drunk. So anyways, here it was, it was late and I needed a beer. So I get up to go to Jim's trunk of his car and I look to the north and there's the moon. The strange part about the moon was it was oblong. And it was right close to the ground. Now, it was yellowish looking. So I was like, wow. When did the moon start coming up at that, that direction, uh, that time of year? So I didn't think nothing of it. So here it was that I was walking back. You know, I had a beer in my hand. going to go back and sit by my uncle. And my uncle said, get me a beer. So I said, okay, you know. I go back, headed to the trunk of the car, and out of the corner of my eye, I see this green and red light <clears throat> right up there pretty damn high. So I, I was looking at it because it was just strange. It wasn't blinking or anything. So I take a few steps, and here it is. It disappeared. And I was like, no, nah, it probably caught on the edge of my glasses where it knocked the, you couldn't see it because it was, you know, the side of my glasses. So I take a couple steps back and there it is again. So by this time, I'm standing there and Jim walks up and he says, why are you standing there? I said, look at that green and red light. And he's okay, so what? It's green and red light. I said, now take a couple of steps backwards. And he does, and he starts laughing. Well, Jim doesn't wear glasses. So 
You know, I was like, wow, that's strange. So we go sit back down, right? Because the Yuma Proving Grounds, the military um, complex is to the north. And then there is a highway that splits it between that and the Kofa game range where military do drop bombs and things like that. So uh, my dad, he worked for the Bureau of Land Management. And years ago, he had to go to the Yuma Proving Grounds to dig a hole. And a big hole, he tells me it was a very big hole. And what they did was they dropped a bomb. And then they took, but what was strange about it was is that the whole small town had all the dishes, a mechanic shop had all the mechanics tools. It was just a realistic little town. So after they dropped the bomb, they took like these little four by four squares and they squared it all out and, and measured it. Okay. So my dad, he had to go and then bulldoze it all into the, into the ground. So I knew where the Yuma Proving Grounds was. So here it is. We go, then we go sit back down and stuff. And then Dexter, he's laying on a, on a blanket in the sand. And he says, hey, Art, there's two more. I'm like, nah. So I look up there, and there they are. They're, they're, they're in a straight line, but they're quite a distance apart. So Jim's going, hey, they are. So now I don't know what period of time, if it was 10 minutes or 15 minutes. They get in a triangle shape. And it, I can't tell distance up in the sky, but it, it was close enough to represent a triangle. So now none of the red and green, uh, green and red lights were uh, blinking. So here it is. I look back to the north where the moon was, and the moon was gone. But straight uh, east, the moon was coming up. And I thought, man, that was really strange. And I really, I really couldn't understand why the moon was right there. So we're laying there, and we're watching, we're talking to each other back and forth, and then they get in a straight line. Now, they're spaced apart, okay? Now, I wear glasses, and um, here it is that they would disappear and then reappear just a little slight ways over. I, you know, I don't know if it would be 100 yards in the sky or what. So here it is, is that they get just above the mountains. You can see the outlines of the mountains, you know? And they were going in a straight line, and then they, they would go up and then come back around. Well, my eyes are so bad that um, Jen said they're dropping white balls out of the out of the bottom. Now I could see the flash, you know, a, a white flash, not bright, you know, just a a faint white blast of light. So here it is. You can see I'm going along. And then they'd say there's some uh, balls falling out of the bottom of the whatever they are. <clears throat> so here it is. They they did this for like 20 minutes maybe, and uh, they went back up into the sky, and they did the triangle again. And then the, here it was. Is by this time the sun is coming up, and we'd been up all night fishing. 
really mostly looking at the lights in the sky, but the sun was coming up and uh, then it was so bright, you know, the sun coming up, you couldn't see them anymore. So, yeah, uh, Dexter and me, we drove back in his truck and, you know, Jim was going to hang out for a while. And we, we, it wasn't like, it was so strange, but it wasn't like, oh my God, we've seen a, a UFO land or something. It was just, that was what happened. So we go home and I tell my dad, you know, and uh, he said, huh, he wasn't very much for talking. So that was Saturday night, Sunday, uh, the girlfriend and baby went, went back to Phoenix where we lived and it just kept bothering me. So I called the, there's a military base there in Yuma and I called them and they're like, no, sir, no, I don't know what to tell you. So here it is. I called the Yuma Proving Grounds and they're like, no, don't know what to tell you. But by this time I've been t rejected twice. Because three of us seen it. And now, you know, while we were along the canal, which is right by the highway to go to Yuma Proving Grounds, you know, there'd be a car go by ever so often. So I know they had to see the oblong moon. It was massive. It was massive. So anyway, um, I uh, I waited a few days, you know, thinking, okay, it's 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 a military State, Arizona has quite a few bases on them. So I heard about this thing called MUFON. One of my coworkers said MUFON. So I got the number and uh, I called. And uh, the guy said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, then he started going off about the microchip, the uh, capacitor, and other things that uh, was brought by aliens. So I asked him, how many people have called in about this thing? Oh, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I said, well, I don't see where it's listed, you know? And he's, he just jumped back to the cell phones. He wanted to talk about technology instead of my experience of seeing these things in the sky. And I said, thank you very much. And, you know, I let it go. So... Over the years, you know, I'd see Dexter, I'd see Jim, and I'd say, you want to go fishing? And they're like, no, no, we're good, we're good. And uh, so I just, uh, I watch these Bigfoot Dogman shows on podcasts, YouTube, you know. And um, I've never seen a Bigfoot, never seen a Dogman. But they're interesting to hear the characters tell their stories. And I always feel a little bit of, not getting the truth or it's a fib. And, uh, but I still listening to them cleaning the house or whatever. And, uh, so I seen your podcast and it said about UFOs and, uh, you know, everybody gets such a good encounter of one landed in front of me. And, you know, I was taken by one and <clears throat> that's all I'm good, but I think there's probably more, events like I had that are out there just just in the sky and I don't think we would have ever seen it unless or paid attention to it unless I took a step and it disappeared mm. and then when, when I took a step back there it was again 
That's interesting. So, yeah. But I just wanted to... hmm? I have a few questions for you, Arthur, if that's all right. Because that is a very interesting story. Um, You said it was an oblong shape? The moon was. The the moon was, It was like if you took a pancake and stretched it out, okay, um, I would say the top of it would be at 10 o'clock and the bottom would be at uh, let's see, 5 o'clock maybe. It was stretched out like that. Hmm. And was that the – that's what was dropping the, the balls you were saying? No, that was the moon that was north. Uh, on the, I believe to be on the Yuma Proving Grounds. That is so. That's weird. what caught my attention. And then, here it was that uh, when I was w- walking back to get uh, Dexter a beer, I seen it the the red and green light in the sky, and when I took a step more, it disappeared. So when I took mm. a step back, it reappeared. And now by this time, Jim wants a uh, beer and I said look at this and he did it and then he chuckled about it because it was strange to this time were you hearing any sounds or, or anything or was it completely silent oh it was silent you know it, we we went to uh, the canal maybe 9 o'clock at night after the heat had broke and there would be a few cars go by due to the highway being there. I, I, I call it a, uh, some people call it a frontage road. I call it a highway. And, uh, but no, it was just a non-windy night, uh, water running. That's about it. So, so interesting. It, was that the only time you've seen, did you ever have any other strange uh, sightings through your life or is that just the, the main thing that you've encountered? so far in life probably the next uh, the crazy part is when we were kids we lived in Joplin Missouri and we lived across okay. the street from a um a drive-in and uh here it was that we lived in the back room and uh here it was that we were all in bed and the, the whole backyard lit up okay I mean really lit up and then it just kind of like went one direction well, we were in bed, and once you go to bed, you're not supposed to get out of bed, you know? Right. But other than that, that's a problem. So, um, you know, my sister said she got a better look at the light because it woke her up, too, because it lit up the whole house. But we couldn't tell. Well, we were like uh, 12, 13 years old. Mm. So, yeah. so interesting. Yeah. I would just hope that if I tell my story, somebody could maybe fill in different parts of have they seen it um, multiple times or um, if they'd seen the exact same thing. Because when I talked to MUFON, they didn't really, um, they, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they, he jumped to the electronics and all this, capacitors and all this stuff. And I I don't know if aliens have been 
swapping information from space to us to get all these items, you know? Such an interesting uh, period of history. You said 91, right? 91, yeah. It had to be, my son was um, uh, five, it's a January, February, March, uh, May of 91. So he was like four or five months old when I uh, took him down to see my dad. Have you heard of uh, anything strange like that? No, I, I've really never talked to anyone from that area before, uh, especially not the, the Yuma Proving Grounds. But I know there's many, you know, strange things that happen in that area of the U.S., you know, not even UFO related, but, you know, even things like um, different cryptids, uh, skinwalkers, uh, plenty of Bigfoot in Arizona as well. There's just a lot of really interesting things going on there. There's a military base there, mm -hmm. uh, a Marine military base. And, you know, they have Harriers that can fly and then stop and then land and, you know, go back up and kick off, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, blinking lights, it's nothing uncommon to see planes all the time flying around, you know, uh, during the day, even at night. But when they were stationary, that was the thing that surprised me the most, that the lights never blinked, and all three were the same size. And mm. I wish I could have seen the come out of underneath uh, the objects, right? They said they were white balls, but I could see the, the faint white flash as it hit, I guess, the ground, because it was behind the mountain. Yeah. So what do you, you know, I, I'm sure you've thought of this, this many times, Arthur, you know, over the years, what do you think it is that you saw? Do you think you saw, you know, something from not of this earth or maybe a military uh, plane that could have been, you know, testing out uh, bombs? You know, I talked to Jim years later and, mm. and uh, being a, Clearing grounds was to the north. You would think that they would have uh, did the the testing if they were a military, uh, you know, uh, machine or whatever, because they weren't low enough to see uh, what they were. They were um, just uh, green and red. So um, I would have just thought it was military until I took a step, and then they disappeared. Mm. And then when I took back and they reappeared and Jim seen it. Now Dexter he stayed laying on his pallet watching his pole so he never got up. He was just watching straight ahead at what was going on. Um <clears throat> I this it's one of those things I've wondered all these years. Uh I I can't answer it. Especially like the the stepping back and forth and you know, the appearing and reappearing, it's like, is there some sort of, um, you know, cloaking going on or, or, you know, man, that's, it's going to have a lot of questions in my mind now from this story. Um, it's mm, so weird. I mean, in, if it was military stuff, that could be stuff that is even still secret today. Who knows? But. Man, that is weird. Uh, my dad, 
my dad passed away in uh, mm. uh, 2000. So there was no reason to go sure. back to to Yuma, to Yuma, Arizona, right? Mm. So uh, I, I believe there's people out there that have seen it. Okay, the moon, uh, the you know the the oblong moon, okay, and I know uh, it may be rare to see the things in the sky because this moon was really really massive. Um, I could I could give you probably a scale of maybe three city blocks, maybe high, and it was. It was thin. It was, it was thin because it was at an angle. But it, you could tell it was enough to you could see it, the oblong moon. Now there wasn't divots like the crystals on the moon, but it was yellow, like a it was illuminating light. Any windows? So, no, no, not yeah. on the moon. And the objects were too high to see um, mm. anything other. Blue, but these were weren't like uh, small uh, green and red lights. They they had some some uh, size to them. That's what I noticed uh, first was that wow, it's off a big green light up there, and then the red light, and they never flashed. That was the crazy part. I need to, you know, I just got to ask. So you keep you keep saying the shape oblong, and so I, it's been a while since I've you know. I'm a little rusty on something, so I had to look it up exactly the shape of oblong, and the shape of it looks very similar to what a tic tac looks like. Is it was it any similar to that at all? If you took a round ball of a a, a putty, yeah, you know that uh, play putty, and you flatten it in a circle okay. on the on the table, and you stretch it. Mm-hmm. You know, oblong. Hmm. You said it was a yellow, yellow and illuminated. Yeah, it was. It wasn't flashing or anything, but it had to be two to three blocks high. And it was close to the ground. It wasn't on the ground, you know, because the, the trees and stuff, well, we have uh, creosote bushes sure. and cactus. So there was. It was high enough that it wasn't being obstructed by, you know, the foliage on the ground. Um, I so, wish you were there. Uh, yeah, this is the first time cool. I ever told it. <laughs> <laughs> One day we had to go home. I had to go back to work and everything. And yeah. uh, it really kept my attention over all these years. And um, I hope that by me doing this, somebody will call in and, maybe get a better idea of what it was. Well, uh, you know, I think, um, and, and uh, so first off, I, I want to say, you know, thank you so much for, for sharing, uh, for sharing this, Arthur. Um, th- it does lead to a tricky thing though, is, uh, um, do we want to do a thing where if this, you know, if someone has a recollection of something like this in 91, in the Yuma Proving Ground area of Arizona, that they email me and I can get in contact with you. I'm sh- I'm not sure if you want to put out your information or or what. What do you think, Arthur? Well, you have my email address. And That's true. 
and maybe they had stepped across the highway at a different angle mm. to see the moon differently. The uh, the highway goes east and then it goes north, you know, past the canal, you know, a quarter mile or so, and then it starts heading north. So if somebody was on that road mm. and there was traffic that went by, you know, I would say one every 30 minutes, you know, they had to have seen it. And, you know, people working together, you can solve the problem. Oh, that that's that's for <laughs> sure. And uh, remind me roughly the, the month this happened in again. It uh, it would have to be in nine um, September of ninety one. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, listeners, and, if, uh, if you were around the uh, Yuma Proving Grounds, and this sounds familiar, in ninety one September, uh, please contact me at bigfootsociety at gmail dot com, and uh, I can get in contact with Arthur for you. Uh, to pass a, along this uh, your your message, and hopefully we can get some connections from this. Go ahead, Arthur. Real quick, and, and and this is how naive I was. Okay, you know sometimes people say you're not the smartest crayon in the box. I called Yuma Proving Ground, thinking they were going to tell me the whole spiel. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. You well, know, you never know. <laughs> you know? And, and I called the military base, like they were going to tell me the truth. And I did, I was determined to find out, you know, mm. that was my goal, you know, years later, you know, it just, everybody dawns on me and tells me that, well, God, if you call a military beast, they sure now ain't going to tell you what goes yeah, on. Yeah, they're not really going to tell yeah. you much. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but worth a shot. Worth a my father, he worked for the Bureau and, uh, here it was Bureau of Land Management. Mm. And, uh, you know, he would out doing things and he was always out or running around with canals and everything and he never said he ever seen anything strange or heard about anything mm. and i believe he would have told me yeah because yeah. he told me about them dropping the bomb in that uh little town they built which that's had wild. houses and that's wild yeah yeah and he was about it because they had wrenches, uh, toolboxes, uh, dishes. The whole place was decked out like a real little town. Was it an atomic bomb, like atomic bomb, or or what do you think? He didn't say he because didn't say, yeah. uh, his he wanted to take some of this stuff home, right? Right. <laughs> uh, because because it, it's it was, so good. <laughs> He wanted to he was dozers, right? He had this big old uh, V9 dozer. Yeah. And he was just running just seeing them being pushed into the hole. Oh, wow. You know? Ugh, yeah, that would, and oh, man. There was a guy, a security guy there, that uh, he was in some blue truck. And uh, here it was that he would just bulldoze for however how long that he needed to, you know, uh, he didn't do it all day long, but he did it like four hours a day because he had other things to do for the bureau. Mm. And the guy in the blue truck uh, stayed in, in the truck, you know. So, but if there was something like that, I think my dad would have told me. You know? I'm sure. So, yeah, I'm sure. Because the Bureau of Land Management, they have canals that go, you know, every direction. Mm. You know, all over the Mesa, you name it. So he would be 
everywhere. So interesting. So I appreciate, I appreciate your time. And I'm glad I told uh, this to somebody because maybe we can get an answer. You know, the, the cool thing is, Arthur, is that a lot of people are going to hear this. Uh, the truth is definitely out there. And uh, I think we're going to get some uh, connections from this. So thank you so much for talking to me tonight, Arthur. Well, thank you so much. And uh, uh, I hope to catch your podcast uh, when it shows up. And that way we can get some answers. Thank you for listening to Bigfoot Society. If you like the show, please review and rate it five stars on iTunes. Hit the share button and send this episode to all your friends on social media. Subscribe to Bigfoot Society wherever you listen to podcasts. It doesn't cost a thing. Pick up a Bigfoot Society shirt or enamel pin over on our Etsy page and people will tell you all about their Bigfoot sightings when you wear it. At least that's what people tell us. That's what happens. If you'd like to become an official member of Bigfoot Society with a membership card, a community of like-minded individuals, and extra content each month, then please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. Thanks for listening.